It's happening all over. Shots fired over here! And all too often. As America struggles to emerge from one pandemic, the nation is besieged by another. We got two stopped at 166 in college. We got a male shot. Watch it. Shots fired. Shots fired. Get down. Get down. Get down. The country tries to recover from COVID-19 with its unfair burdens and incomprehensible death toll and is sickened anew by gun violence with its unfair burdens and ever-growing death toll. And he had taken their lives. He had shot and killed both my son and my daughter. Police say the increase in shootings is much of the time due to urban gangs, but there are also variants involving warring drug traffickers, mass shootings, domestic violence and suicide. All of it, experts say, fueled by the health and economic strains wrought by COVID-19 and powered by the uniquely American affinity for and access to guns. We had an old joke when I ran crime strategies here, you can't shoot somebody without a gun. Dermot Shea is the police commissioner in New York City. Identifying who's carrying guns, the cops going out there making the arrests, taking the gun off the street is great. But really what we need is we need the individual carrying the gun off the street. And yet guns proliferate with consequences for a cross-section of American families. My name is Crystal Turner. I currently reside in Jacksonville, Florida. And I'm speaking with you, Aaron, today because unfortunately two of my biological children, uh, my 29-year-old daughter, Jenea, and my 23-year-old son, uh, Donnell, at that time, were both murdered together. Two of Crystal Turner's grown children were victims of a shooting in Columbus, Ohio, fueled by domestic violence. Her daughter, Jenea, had filed for divorce from Roy Harvison, who then came to the parking lot of the daycare center she founded and ambushed her and her brother at lunchtime. I got to call at 12 noon. There were 22 rounds that were found. A lot of couples have job stress, child care stress, you with postpartum. Mm -hmm. The difference here was a gun. Yes, access to a gun. Roy Harvison is now serving a life sentence, but he altered Crystal Turner's life and the lives of her relatives. And unfortunately, we know today that there are millions of other families now who have very similar stories and have very similar experiences. Jeannie Shuh's family is another forever changed by gun violence. My dad survived a mass shooting which happened at his workplace. Still actively hearing gunshots. In May 2019, a city employee opened fire at the municipal center in Virginia Beach, a mass shooting that left 12 people dead. Even now, it feels completely surreal for something this severe to hit so close to home. And yet, on the other hand, I'm fully aware of the pain that so many families experienced that night. Even though your dad, thank God, was okay. This trauma is like sticks with people forever. No one may understand that more than DeAndra Dykus, whose son Dre Knox was struck by a stray bullet in Indianapolis. 13 years old, uh, some allegedly some young men started shooting outside of the home and struck my son in the back of the head. A stray bullet flew through a window. Um, left Dre is a nonverbal quadriplegic, so he doesn't talk. And he hasn't walked in over seven and a half. Well, we're about at seven and a half years. Dre lived, but as his mom told us, his life was taken. We have to bathe him. We have to dress him. Everything goes through his tube. We have to lift him in and out of bed to put him in his wheelchair. We have to roll him over. We have to change diapers. And that's from a single stray bullet. It's not a physical loss the way that most people see it. But I have lost who Dre was, and I have lost who Dre was ever going to be, who we hoped and he hoped. I haven't heard him talk in seven and a half years, but you know what? I'm sure he's thinking 
and wondering. And there's times where we're sitting there and tears roll down his eyes. And those are the moments I know he's wondering, how did I get in this space? Deandra Dykus has turned her pain into advocacy. After we tally and mourn the dead, she wants us to think about the wounded. I was treated as if, why are you here? Your son lived. And then I began sharing what living a gunshot wound to the back left of your skull looks like. And people were like, oh, wow. Deandra Dykus, Jeannie Shaw, Crystal Turner, three women whose lives were permanently altered by gun violence, whether from a stray bullet, a mass shooting, or domestic violence. And then there's Giovanna McDowell, whose son was killed by accident. My 14-year-old son, Juwan, was visiting family in our hometown of Savannah, Georgia, on his spring break. Um, He was shot and killed by another team playing with an unsecured firearm. The kid never realized there was a bullet in the chamber. So when Jawan told him to put the gun away, he said, look, it's not loaded, pulling the trigger um, and striking Jawan in his chest. She, too, is an advocate for secure storage of firearms. It's a matter of safety and saving lives, and we can't be casual um, about it because being casual can lead to casualties. Do we have to do this now as parents? Do we have to ask before our kids go on a play date somewhere? Do you have a gun and is it properly stored? Yes, I think that we have to um, because we can never be um, so sure that everyone will operate and do the things that we do in our homes. All of these kinds of shootings, accidental, domestic, suicide, stray, mass casualty, they're all contributing to the nationwide increase. But in many cities, the biggest drivers of gun violence are gangs. What we're seeing is just kind of a war zone type type of atmosphere. Paco Valderrama is the police chief in Fresno, California. You mentioned active shooters and and mass shootings. Well, that's something that we train for, and that's on our radar. Uh, Those are uh, relatively infrequent when you consider that this weekend we're probably going to have probably 10 shootings. Across the country, New York Police Commissioner Dermot Shea says the same. The vast majority of what we see is still gang-related. It could be over turf. It could be over drug money. Oftentimes, tragically, and these are really the tragic ones, it's over nothing. With guns so readily available, Shea told us more disputes get resolved with them. And he said people seem more brazen carrying them. More guns on the scene of shootings, more rounds being fired. Um, The brazenness of Uh, An individual coming back to the crime scene, being stopped and having a gun on, there's no doubt that we've seen a lack of fear of carrying a gun. There is no official count of how many Americans own guns, but according to the Small Arms Survey, there are an estimated 400 million guns in the United States, the most heavily armed nation in the world. In the last quarter century, the country has taken a broad view of the Second Amendment, which enshrines the right to bear arms. I certainly don't think it was inevitable to the founders that this is where we would be, because the Second Amendment was not intended at the time to mean that people could use guns to commit acts of violence that were not in self-defense. Certainly was never intended to mean that people could organize as their own private armies or private militias. Until the Supreme Court's Heller decision in 2008 permitted near-universal gun ownership for self-defense, Mary McCord at Georgetown Law said the Second Amendment was interpreted to only allow people to bear arms as part of a government-regulated, politically accountable militia. Even in that massive change to the way we understood the Second Amendment, never did the Supreme Court suggest that there was a right to bear bear arms to commit acts of violence, that there was a right for anyone 
to have a firearm for any purpose whatsoever. The reality of America's affinity for guns is reinforced each week in shooting statistics. Not that Crystal Turner, whose daughter and son were gunned down in Ohio, needs the reminder. If the access to the gun was not as readily as available, the stories that we now tell, we know would have a different ending. As a nation, we have marveled at how science can find vaccines for things like coronavirus. But ask any doctor and they'll tell you it's getting no easier to treat victims of gunshots. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.